Welcome to the Food for Your Soul podcast, where we apply the Word of God to the hearts of men and women to stoke the fires of your delight in Christ. Here's your host, Dr. D. Richard Ferguson. Do you have the ability to send someone to heaven or consign them to hell? Are you personally able to redeem people? Well, the answer is, of course not. But if you're not able to redeem or condemn people, what does that say about your ability to judge them? We're studying James 4, and in verse 12, he says, There's only one lawgiver and judge, the one who's able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? And this brings us to the third reason why we shouldn't speak against one another. Reason number one, it comes from a judgmental heart. Reason number two, we shouldn't do it because it's a low view of God's law. And then the third reason is this. Speaking against each other reveals not only a low low view of God's law, but an elevated view of ourselves. If I'm a judge and a critic of the Word of God, that means that I must have an awfully high opinion of myself, right? And that's where he goes in verse 12. There's only one lawgiver and judge, the one who's able to save and destroy. But you? (laughs) Who are you to judge your neighbor? I mean, there's only one person in the universe that has the right to judge, and that's the lawgiver. The one who made the law is the one that judges according to that law. And when we drive home after church and gossip about whatever this, this person did or that person did we didn't like, we're elevating ourselves to the very throne of God. Only God has that right. If there's someone in the church who's not measuring up to my standard, so what? I'm not the judge. I mean, what am I? What am I? If I'm not his judge, if that's not what I am to him, that's not my relationship, what am I to that person? Look look back at verse 11 and see if you can pick up on, on this. Brothers, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against his brother or judges his brother speaks against the law or judges it. (laughs) I think he's making a point there. In the NIV, they don't translate the word brother all three times. Uh, Instead, they just stick a pronoun the third time. Anyone who speaks against his brother or judges him, they leave out brother. I think they do that because they think in English it's a little bit repetitive to just keep saying brother uh, three times in one verse. And, and they're right, that is repetitive, but it's just as repetitive in Greek as it is in English, right? It's supposed to be. I think that's the point. James is making a point. He's emphasizing brother, brother. He says brother three times in one sentence to remind us of our proper relationship to one another. Brothers, we're siblings, brothers and sisters. I'm not your judge. I'm not your master. I'm not your creator. I'm not the lawgiver. I'm your brother. What role do siblings have in disciplining each other and punishing each other? What is their role for that? That's not, that's not their job. Right? That's not their job. What do you do if one of your kids gets in trouble and another one of your kids tries to discipline him? <laughs> you say, hey, that's not your job. That's my job. Leave that to me. What if one kid gets in trouble and your other kid is sitting there you should spank him, you should give him a belt, you should uh, take this away from take that away and take his privileges away and ground him forever and you should do that and, and make him clean up the whole basement and uh, cancel Christmas and everything. <laughs> you, might, you might turn to your child at that point and say, is that how you want me to discipline you when you get in trouble? No. No, when it's me, I want mercy, right? See, if your kids really love each other, 
And this is what I usually see with kids, you know, in a loving family. If the kids love each other, one of them gets into trouble, the other ones are rooting for mercy. Right? They're, just, they're saying, ah, I hope dad isn't too hard on him. They're rooting for mercy. That's the way we should be with each other. We should be rooting for mercy when, when somebody does something wrong. Not passing judgment, rooting for mercy. Because we're silly. Turn to Romans 14. Because Paul talks about this exact thing in Romans 14. The people in the church were judging legalistically. That's, that's, that's their wrong kind of judgment they were doing. They were looking down on each other because they were, they were drawing lines on judgment calls, things that are not mentioned specifically in the scripture, but there, there's some, some were saying, well, where do we draw the line on, on this? And some were more strict and some were less strict on debatable issues, which is fine. But the problem is the people who were more strict were looking down on the people who were less strict. They're saying, oh, those people aren't very committed. They're just loose. They don't care about, they're not, they're not serious. And the people who are less strict were looking down on the people who are more strict. It's like, ah, oh, a bunch of legalists. They don't, don't, they don't understand freedom in Christ. And so both sides are looking down on each other and Paul rebukes which side? Both. <laughs> both. He doesn't even care. He's not even concerned which side is right. He's just concerned about the fact that they're passing judgment on, on debatable issues. And so look at verse 4, Romans 14, 4. He says, who are you? Same question James asks. Who are you to judge someone else's slave? To his own master he stands or falls. I think James and Peter, uh, Paul and Peter spent a lot of time reading the book of James. Who are you to judge someone else's slave? What are you doing? What are we doing evaluating each other? It's not our role. Why do you drive home on, on a Sunday after church? And talk about to your spouse about the bad job that somebody did at something in the church. Is that person your slave? I mean, did you die on the cross to purchase them? So now you own them and you're in a position to evaluate how well they're doing as your slave? Who are you to evaluate someone else's slave? I think the verse is fascinating. This Romans 14.4 is a fascinating verse because it implies that the only person you're allowed to judge is someone you own. As your own personal slave. If you don't own that person as your own personal slave, you have no business evaluating how well he's doing as a slave. When we do that, we are usurping the place of God. Only God has the right to do performance reviews on Christians. And it's interesting, the reasoning James gives us for why that is, he said the reason why God can do it is because, what does James say? He is able to do what? To save and destroy he says, there's one lawgiver judge who's able to save and destroy, which means in order to have the right to condemn a person, you have to have the right to save that person. You have to have the power to save that person. In order to condemn, you have to have the power to save. Unless you have the power to take someone to heaven, then you don't have the right to consign them to hell. Unless you have the power to redeem their messed up heart, you don't have the right to judge their messed up heart. So those are the credentials that James gives, that, that God has that makes, gives him the right to pass judgment. He's the lawgiver, he's the judge, he's the one who's able to save and destroy. He's the author of the Bible. He's the one who will sit in the judgment seat in the final judgment and deliver, determine all the destinies of every human being that's ever lived. He's able to send a soul to hell forever and he's able to bring someone to eternal glory with him in heaven forever. Those are his credentials. And James is saying, but you, who are you 
It's a judge. So James says, oh, oh, you're speaking against somebody in the church? You're putting someone down? Um, you're passing judgment? Here, let me see your resume. Let me see. I just want to see the credentials that gives you the authority to do that. I just want to see how many years' experience you have as lawgiver and judge and how many people you've actually sent to heaven and hell. Or, oh, 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 you don't have any of that on your resume? Well, then you're underqualified for this job. Speaking against our brothers is evil because when we do that... We're exalting ourselves to the throne of God. Manton, the commentator Manton, says this statement, It is usual to condemn everything that doth not please us as if our magisterial dictates were articles of faith. You know, we turn our preferences into articles of faith and, and we act like people are responsible to meet our standards. Who are we? The next time you find yourself annoyed with someone, complaining about them, gossiping, or just letting thoughts run through your head about something negative about that person, stop and ask yourself, who am I? Who am I to judge my brother? There's only one lawgiver and judge, and it's not me. It's the one who's able to save and destroy Lord, you reign forever. You have established your throne for judgment. You will judge the world in righteousness. You will govern the peoples with justice. You are a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name will trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Let the Lord judge the peoples. Judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness, according to my integrity, O Most High. O righteous God, who searches minds and hearts, bring to an end the violence of the wicked and make the righteous secure. You are my shield, God Most High who saves the upright in heart. You are a righteous judge, a God who expresses his wrath every day. You summon the heavens above and the earth that you may judge your people. Forgive me, Lord, for trying to crawl up on that awesome throne and become the judge of my brothers. Everything I just said about why you're such a great judge None of that is true of me. You are the judge of all the earth, not me. And those people I'm tempted to judge, instead of judging them, I ask that you would show them mercy. If it's best to be harsh with them, then be harsh. But if there's any way it's possible within your will to be merciful, please show them mercy like you've shown me. I pray that anything that's preventing them from drawing near to you would be removed. Let them experience the sweetness of close fellowship with you. I know that requires true repentance, and it might be a long, hard road for them to get there, but please, Father, walk them along that road that they might repent of whatever needs repentance and then experience close fellowship with you. Thank you for listening. 
If you found today's episode edifying, why not share it with a friend? This season of the Food for Your Soul podcast features excerpts from our sermon series on the book of James. 50 expository sermons covering every verse. You can find those and hundreds of other sermons for free download on drichardferguson.com. And if you like listening on your phone, get our free mobile app. Install the Church One app from the Play Store and select Food for Your Soul. Until next time, rejoice in the Lord always and set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God.